0: Welcome to the New Earth Architectress, where we'll be exploring together what is an architectress? What is the new earth? And how is the evolution in consciousness paving the way for your leading role in architecture? I'm your host, Aisha Rose Melody Hassan, and I'm so excited to share with you what's possible when you lead a prospering design practice aligned with spirit and your divine calling. If you're a woman architect or designer who's hearing a deep call to take your stand as an ancient temple builder of the future, welcome. Now is the time and we are the ones. Today, I want to talk about
1: a, an experience that has deepened my a perspective
0: on dark forces that are present at this time. This came up during the equinox, the recent equinox. And, um, you
1: know, it's so amazing to. uh, It's so amazing when you actually witness with your
0: full body and soul the power of these significant turning points in time, in nature, in the cycle of life. One of them is the equinox. We have an equinox in the fall and we have an equinox in the spring.
1: This fall's equinox really brought forth for me the... um, The presence of the dark and the light forces within us, within the
0: land and with this within this planet and beyond. And these dark forces have a lot to teach us. Um, the dark forces exist within our bodily functions. The dark forces exist within our relationships. The dark forces. Uh, exist within our shadow aspect. The dark forces exist within um, the, the ending of life,
1: death, disintegration of life, deterioration of life. But the dark always comes with a teaching. And last week I
0: experienced A very traumatic event for me, which was the destruction of um, a fairy dwelling, a kind of uh, edge, an edge that was protecting and keeping the balance of a particular uh, site that is very near and dear to my heart. And I've been going on some rants about it. It really unleashed my sacred rage. And uh, and it and it really dropped down into my bones. And it I at that moment, at that moment, I knew really what it felt like for, for example, the people who live in the Amazon to see their forest destroyed, to see their forest, their home destroyed and,
1: you know. Um, logged right? For trees. So what is very clear to me right now is that there is
0: a force that is deliberately trying to kill the light in the land. As it tries to kill the light in the land, it tries to kill the light within us. Now, this can take various shapes and forms. And I don't want you to misunderstand me by, you know, by assuming that what I'm saying means that we, we need to protect every single physical, um, landscape feature features, the horrible word, but landscape, uh, landscape elements, right. You know, rocks, trees, um, bushes, uh,
1: mounds, whatever that may be. Um, forests, rivers.
0: I'm not saying that we need to tiptoe around the land and protect everything. The nature spirits are willing to collaborate with us when we take a respectful and uh, approach where we actually acknowledge the spirit of the land before we do any make any big decisions. And before we um, dig our foundations, before we build our home, before we cut down any trees, perhaps those trees we use for, for the building process or to, uh, to fire our, our wood ovens in the winter time, whatever that may be. So I don't want you to misunderstand me here, but the
1: unconscious destruction of life forces within the land that provide life force. So life forces within the land that provide uh, vitality, chi, abundance, health, balance. I think I said that word already. You know, whether they're whether it's conscious or unconscious
0: um, on the part of human beings, there is a force that is deliberately making use of us to destroy the light in the land. So I'm seeing this also in a lot of these uh, developments in Turkey here where I live, where there are far too many number of buildings per square meter, um, where there are far too many homes or residences built per square meter. And you can see that there's a complete disregard to the essence of place. The only thing that really they have in mind is to create profit, right? And there's also nothing wrong with profit. I want everyone to be rich. I want everyone
1: to uh, enjoy the fruits of profit, but it's, you know, at what end, right? What, 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 what gets destroyed in the
0: process? That's a, that's a really important question. Right. And in the end, I really wonder what those properties, uh, how, how they will function in the future. Right. Um, all kinds of construction issues can come up when you do not pay respect to our Mother Earth and all her assistance. So let's talk about this force that is deliberately trying to kill the, the light in the land. This force, you can see it in all, in, in all aspects of life. You can see it in our communities, in our culture, uh, in schooling systems. You can see it in in um, many different ways. This force tries to make everything into dead matter. So dead that it's like a carcass and the carcass. Is. Void inside and not the not the not the good creative void, which actually exists within our wombs, but and, that, and that's where a lot of magic arises. So uh, some voids are actually a re- really good things. But what I'm talking about is I'll, I'll use a, dist- a different word to make a distinction. Empty. Carcasses with emptiness inside. And one way this force is doing this is actually the one way it's doing it to us, to our bodies, because we are the land as well, is to sever
1: our heads from our bodies. So one way that this is happening is with media, television,
0: the digital world you can see this with the advancements in technology with um the metaverse um i've never experienced the metaverse so i don't want to make any um preconceived ideas about what that experience is like i'm always open to new things um i'm never going to say oh this is so bad you know like robots are bad and this and that um There are, I'm sure there's going to be some benefits that come out of that technology, but what is the, what is this metaverse or what is this virtual reality doing? It's, it's completely disconnecting ourselves from the tactile physical world and from our bodies and taking our heads away into a different
1: reality a reality where you can experience anything you want. Right. Um,
0: What was it? Was it Star Trek or something where you could, you could, um, they were doing like all kinds of, uh, you know, like practice or exercise like sword fighting or some kind of like martial arts where they could create a scene around them. They went onto this deck and they could create the scene around them to practice their martial arts. That's kind of cool. That's actually pretty cool, right? It's cool when you are grounded spiritually, right? It's cool when you actually know your center and your your inner being, right? Like the Jedi. I'm a Star Wars fan, by the way. <laughs> I'm a huge Star Wars fan, um, At least at least the old ones. I used to watch them all the time when I was little. Um, so yeah, and technology isn't something new. We have actually explored with very sophisticated technology, uh, during Atlantis, during, um, another phase of, uh, human evolution, which was further back. Um, and we were directly connected with the spiritual realms and other, and realms that, um, wanted to manipulate the human being and, um, yeah, all kinds of, there was space travel, there was all that stuff. Um, at least from the research that I have explored and some of the deep journeying work that I've done on my own to, uh, investigate some of my past and parallel lives. Uh, so I've had direct experience uh, experiences uh, being off planet and um, being in worlds where, uh and they're real,
1: uh, where there was this technology. So the severing of the head from the body. What that does is it actually makes our bodies, um,
0: lifeless, right? Then we're not a whole being we need. We need the crown chakra. We need our pineal pineal gland, right? We need our third eye. We need our uh, throat chakra to speak our truth, Right. So we sever, we sever our head. And if we're totally in the mind, right. Then we're disconnected from our heart, from our solar plexus, from our womb. It's all not flowing as one, one
1: instrument. Right. And so. watch, watch and observe what's going
0: on these days uh, in that respect where We're being fed a lot of information. We're increasingly being getting addicted to our phones and our uh, and the digital world media. And there is this. um, uh, Deliberate manipulation going on um, in terms of our freedoms, our rights, Um, people are Telling us what is politically correct and what isn't politically correct. Some of it has value. Some of it has value based on a lot of um, discrimination or um, um, unjust events that have happened to certain cultures and people over time. So some of it is, is you know, I'm not saying it's all bad, but we're being told by the media, you know, what to think about certain. Uh, events. And we see this all the time. We, you know, we read it. Newspapers, you know, uh, did this prior as well, right? You know, we're not, um, we're accustomed now to uh, listening listening to a certain narrative that is accepted by um, uh, a group of people that have the power, or at least that's, you know,
1: the, the illusion of it that they have the power. So why am I getting into all of this stuff? I want you all to be aware that
0: working with nature, working, you know, stepping into the world of spiritual energetics, working with feng shui, working with geomancy, you know, yes, it's, it's, um, You know, we're going to bring abundance, beauty, harmony, uh, health to our clients and to the land and all of this. But you've got to also be aware of the dark forces that come in and and may deliberately try to um, halt the process, um, halt your process. And, and it can come in very many different shapes, shapes and forms. So more and more, it's really important for you women to be anchored in your truth, anchored in who you are,
1: anchored in source, the cosmos, the subtle realms, the anchored in the earth. And the creative life force that emanates from the earth.
0: Otherwise you're going to get really swayed. Okay. There is, there is a battle going on between dark and light. I don't choose to.
1: Um, play uh, or be. Um, I don't choose to. um I was going to say, I don't choose to be an active participant in
0: that battle, but in a way there are times and this last
1: week. I, um, I felt like I was being asked to step up into a warrior position. And to be really aware, listening, you know, like the, like the lioness, right? Like the deer and just be really aware and smell danger when it can be coming close. Okay. So there, the more you step into your own truth, the more you step into the reality the truth that you are a sovereign woman and have magical powers and finally start to speak the the voice of nature of spirit you can
0: you you can run against you can you can run up against some forces that want to pull you down. I'm not saying this to scare you or to discourage you from doing
1: this work, but you've got to step into it in a way where, um, you
0: really have the radar on and, and it doesn't require so
1: much effort. It takes some practice. Um, <laughs> Yeah, takes some practice. Takes a lot of listening, and um, and this and and having this capacity to discern, right? To have discernment. So you know, there's
0: there. I want to talk about my own house construction as well. It's a real challenge to, to, you know, in terms of the bringing spirit into the form of buildings, bringing spirit into the whole process of construction, bringing spirit into the materials of your buildings, bringing spirit into your relationship with your builders, with your team, but there's so many different ways you can bring spirit into your process. It's not an add on at the end, right. Of the project. Like I'm just thinking about the whole fee proposal. Um, you know, okay, we're going to, we're going to get you the design we want, you want, we're going to get you the design you want, and then we're going to add on the passive solar heating. We're going to add on the sustainable design. We're going to add on, you know, um, it it really shouldn't be like that. We're going to add on the spiritual energetics work at the end. And then, you know, the fee is kind of broken down into, into various pieces and it's added on. And the client and then usually the client ends up not having enough money towards the end to add those on. I mean, I've experienced that with something as simple as a green roof. Right. The clients enter into the project saying they're interested in green design and sustainable design. But I mean, I've worked on a project like this, but it's like the whole thing is was so false. It was so false. And I'm not blaming anyone. Everyone has a choice, but I'm just reflecting on my um, experience with that. Um, and it was just this kind of like dollhouse colonial residence with tons of pot lights everywhere. I'm not a fan of pot lights, by the way. I think we really need to be working with reflective light off of surfaces versus direct light down onto surfaces. Okay. That's just me nerding out on lighting. Um, but, it, but it was really, you know, it was a typical construction in, in Canada. That was really like a dollhouse that really didn't feel. Um, it really didn't feel like it belonged to the land. We were just, As as a team, we were just doing what they what the clients were telling us to do. And I remember that, you know, there was a green roof idea above this garage studio thing. And that got killed, too, because it just ended up being too expensive. But it was like this. It just felt like an add on. Right. And the work that I'm bringing forward with the with the sacred blueprint is we is is completely revolutionary in the way that, in a way that, um, brings the spiritual energetics to the first meeting, brings the spiritual energetics to the entire process. It brings into the process of how we meet in group with the clients and perhaps builders and engineers.
1: That's like kind of the next level of the sacred blueprint, right? Um, and it's, and it's really, in, um, inspired by our, by the, by the wisdom
0: of our ancestors, because that they, the way they walked the land was in a way that was connected to spirit. Even if it was more on the group soul consciousness, this is a really important distinction, Back then the group soul consciousness was much stronger. And now we are going through a process of individuation. Now we're going through a process of becoming independent. I am beings. One isn't better than the other. It's just a, a a fact of our human evolution right now. And, um,
1: Whether so, whatever that is, it's just the impulse, the energy of holding sacred design as a sacred walk a
0: sacred walk through the elements, a sacred walk through the directions, a sacred walk in our relationships with each other, a sacred walk
1: in the way we build and the way we use architecture
0: and and the way we're conscious of architecture as a living being that can support our own transformation and the transformation of this planet.
1: So it's not an add on. It's not an add on. It's the starting point
0: and the point and the point that is the, is what weaves through the entire process. And you can apply this process to any scale of project. Now, question is, if you're working with a firm, you know, are they open to this? Right. And there, there are different ways you can, uh, you know, use language to, to incorporate the world of spirit into, into, the projects that you're working on with the firm that you're at right now, or maybe you're working independently. So you have more freedom, but I would also watch that. You're not hiding, hiding your use of word spirit or energy. It's really time to step up women and be bold and brave and not worry about what other people think. So going back to the house construction that I'm working on, um, there's been a lot of times where it's just like, oh, OK, well, let's just let's just leave this corner like this. And I'm looking at the corner and it's just like there's no life in this corner. There's no life. Oh, you know, the, there's just there's no movement. There's no flow. It's I don't feel like the house is hugging me. And so I've been working on a lot of details, even though you don't need them for permit or forgetting what we call the, um, yeah, the right to 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 actually live in the house. I don't know what the direct translation of that is in Turkish, uh, in English. So what I'm saying is, so many because I've been connected to the land and to spirit and making my prayers. I cannot tell you how many times the most amazing synchronicities have shown up, where it's like, oh. Oh my God, the builders are here. Oh, and you know, magically, they're literally magically, there's been some builders who have like offered themselves to, to build up certain kind of chamfered corners and niches and arches and some organic forms because deep down, actually, they're really enjoying it. They're really enjoying working with the spirit. Now, it's been a lesson for me to also not be the, the the ego architect who's like obsessively obsessing over everything and like watching ev- their every move there's been moments of teaching for me where i've just been like okay how can i bring more lightness more spirit more humor and more love into my relationship with the builders into my relationship with my husband and my family you know it's it's a challenging thing to to build a house um We've got a few tiny houses as well. And my husband's been focusing on working on the tiny house, which is really great because then there's been like a chat, a, a great channeling of energies into two directions. And I've been able to focus on one side. He's focusing on the other. So I'm just reflecting on all of that. And um, I hope it's helpful for all of you to hear my process. So what I'm trying to get at here is there are so many ways you can bring spirit into
1: the way you practice architecture. There have been some offices where um there have been some offices where I've worked that really have a great
0: culture and they, you know, they bring they do a lot of, you know, monthly activities for fun with the office where there's a lot of laughter, there's a lot of music That's also bringing spirit into architecture. It doesn't mean you have to be talking about angels and, um, you know, nature spirits like I do, or the light beings or Gaia. It doesn't mean that, but it's like, it's, it's, it's so it, what's so important is that we realize and recognize our own humanity. And if we really recognize our own humanity, then we will discover that we are
1: not empty carcasses. And that the more we tap into
0: the wisdom and the power and the natural forces
1: that result, that, um, are present and. Then. The less we're dependent on external influences, external
0: stimuli. Yes, it's great to share. Yes, it's great to see what other architects are doing, what projects are going on in the world. Yes, it's important to, to keep up with all the infra, you know, the world events and you know, read up on um what's happening in different cultures around the world. This is something different, but we are just being completely, um, attacked, quite frankly, with, with information that is persuading us and
1: manipulating us to be fearful, to be scared, to, to persist in living in
0: this survival consciousness mode, right? Where we're powerless and we're, where, um, where it's not possible to step beyond a certain let's say um social sphere or um social status or uh where it's not possible to step beyond a certain income
1: per year like it's like it's that force that's trying to maintain the status quo and if this is resonating with you and you're really hearing the call, and you
0: can feel it in every inch of your body and soul. Maybe you're getting sick all the time, maybe you're getting depleted. This is a this is a, a sign of Mother Nature's cry, because you are deeply connected with the earth. And this force that wants to put
1: everything, that like, wants to make everything into dead matter, Steiner talks about this force as Ariman. then um then you you get depleted
0: as well there's just there's no separation there's no separation
1: and that's what was happening to me i was getting depleted all the time so the the events during
0: the equinox um there were several others that really brought to light brought to light the dark and the light see that's the interesting part when we're conscious and there's the third element. There's a third element. There's a third element that comes into play when it comes to unity consciousness, where you are conscious of both the dark and the light. So there's a third element, a third element. It's a benevolent element. We're including the darkness into it. We're not rejecting the darkness. Actually, the darkness set, where's set? Where am I? Cards.
1: Okay, they're over there. Let's see if I can bring them. Set. 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 These are the uh, oracle cards that I use.
0: Um, the Anubis Oracle by Linda Star Wolf and Nikki Scully um, from the tradition or the the work from, um, I've been using it uh, in my
1: training and studies in alchemical energy healing. So here's set. The shadow, the trickster. Adversarial ally, adversarial ally. But take a moment to tune into set. What do you see? You can see there's a a mirror image of him. He's holding a pomegranate. He's grinning. And he also has one hand up to the sky and one hand down to earth. So does his mirror image. He can trick us into, in, in,
0: um, so for people who are listening to the podcast, you know, you can imagine you can tune into the energy of set. As I hold this card, you don't actually have to watch the YouTube video, but, you know, of course, come, come into YouTube and watch the video of this podcast as well and follow me. So (laughs) to see the card, um, he's number 15 in this
1: card deck. And there's a lot that comes up for me when I look at set. There's the learning of, you know, that, that our, shadows are like a mirror, right?
0: A mirror, or he's the, he's the mirror into our shadows. He's the mirror into our deepest, our darkest selves, this dark, deepest, darkest selves or aspects of humanity. And it's like, he can trick also, that's what I'm getting a sense of. He can trick you into like, Oh, what's above what's below. Is it really source? Is it really, or is it hell? Or is it right? I mean, I don't actually believe in the H E L L hell, but there is the underworld. Right. And there can be a trick. It's like, is this the underworld or is this actually the, you know, the heavenly world? Um, So there's this kind of like, I'm tricking you, I'm tricking you, but I'm tricking you to teach you something. I'm tricking you to teach you something. And the events that I experienced last week just before the equinox just a few, couple days before the equinox a few days before really had this energy for me. I'm curious did it did you also experience an intense energy like this? I mean it unleashed my rage, my anger, my tears, my Um, like eons and
1: eons of trauma and um, violation that I experienced as a woman and as a man through eons of time. This certainly wasn't trauma that I experienced in this
0: life for sure and maybe it was a collective trauma that was speaking through me, but the event of the destruction of the nature
1: spirits isn't so one-sided. And there was a teaching and learning there for me, but also a firm, a firm knowing and, a, and, and, a, and, a, um, a firm knowing and a stepping up into a
0: yet an even more urgent responsibility to hold the torch for the light in the land like that it's not okay i had to speak up and that is not okay it's just not okay it's not okay that the dead functionalism of The old paradigm is still persisting, persisting, persisting to kill the light in the land, to kill our life force. It's just not okay, And it's time to rise up now. It's time to rise and to speak and to get angry if that is necessary. Now, how you get angry is your responsibility. How you get angry is your responsibility. You're human. You may take it out on family members, your children, your work, your colleagues. It can happen. It can happen. But I recommend that you do some meditation work, some body movement work, dancing, uh, drumming. I did some drumming this morning to to redirect that rage into the fruit, so I'm pulling up the card again, redirecting the shadow, but integrating with the shadow. This is so important not
1: not pushing it away and then then the fruit appears and he's got half of a
0: fruit there, and so what that's reminding me of is is that our higher selves, our heart force um You know, the light, the good, the light side of us, whatever that is, what's our responsibility as the third element, the conscious observer element, the higher self,
1: um, to bring the two halves together to make the whole fruit. So being conscious of the 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 force that is
0: deliberately trying to make everything into dead matter. And it really can have this force can be present through friends, through family. and it doesn't mean that those people members of the family are bad. It can come through some of your colleagues. It can come through um maybe your followers, if you know, uh, your community. Um, and as a conscious, Architect who really hears the call to partner with Gaia, with the divine feminine, uh, who is now really yearning uh to, to breathe the flow, the feminine flow and the beauty into all aspects of life to, to bring back the balance again, right? To bring back, to bring the two halves together again. So they're whole swear, it just, it happens on so many, um, down to earth levels. And that's what I'm experiencing in the construction. Like there's just so many moments where it's like, okay, you know, like you want to bring, let's say I have an idea to work with, you know, bringing some curving form a form into the ceiling. And right now it's concrete beams and a flat ceiling. And Right now that's been put on hold, but, you know, I'm determined to bring that force in, but it's really easy to get used to actually, as you walk in
1: and accept the, the, the the funk, just the, just the functional aspects of
0: the, of the house, which is like, you know, part of us is like, oh my God, we just need to move in. Right. We just need to move in And, uh, you know, we'll get used to it. You know, there's a part of us, but I have been holding the torch. It's like, it's like, it's so it's, I feel like it's so my responsibility to bring the beauty into, into a a more rigid structure, a more functionalist structure. And it's not an add on, it's something to do in every single step of the construction process, the design process, the visioning process. Was it Greg Bragan? Oh God, I always forget his name, but he had a, an interview with Lilu uh, Masé. I think I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing her right. And he talked about the Navajo community, the indigenous community in America um, and that, They considered beauty as an actual force. Just think about that, right? Like we've been so accustomed. Sure, okay, there's the natural beauty. Oh my God, you know, this person is beautiful. The tree is beautiful. The flower is beautiful. We know that. But when it comes to design in the last, um, you know, 50 years or so, or longer, 100 years, beauty feels like it's always just been this add on. It's like it's not really ingrained. The indigenous the Navajo indigenous community, and I'm sure so many other communities perceived the force of beauty and that beauty is a necessary element, a necessary element to a healthy, functioning community, a healthy, functioning human being, healthy,
1: functioning space. Um, yeah, so it's your, it's really our responsibility and your responsibility to, um,
0: to bring this beauty, this life force, the creative life force into all aspects of design. What happens when we don't, then we become the severed heads from our bodies, then we become completely disconnected to the the rhythms of life. We become completely disconnected to uh, spirit, right? We become completely disconnected to life force. And life force and spirit is what is is
1: giving is what is pumping the heart. Is what's making our organs work. It's what's allowing me to speak at this moment. It's allowing me to have a consciousness. Can you imagine if we, we became so much of a dead carcass that we no longer had
0: a consciousness anymore? What does that look like? What is that? Is that
1: artificial intelligence? Is that being a robot? Robots are useful. There are
0: amazing robots that I've seen. Have you seen those where they're now pouring these clay um, circular uh, like huts and structures and dwellings um, out of this beautiful natural clay? Maybe it's like a cob kind of material. Such a cool robot, right? You know, actually, some of our, you know, construction machinery are robot like and, and it has a quite a sophisticated technology. Um, But now we're going like way, 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 way. Um, like really, really super fast into this, into the advancements
1: when it comes to robotics. Um, but beware. Beware. Are you using the robot as a tool as a conscious human creative organic natural being or are you being turned into the robot be aware you know there's some buildings you walk into where it's like there's been a lot of design
0: effort lots of design lots of beautiful materials or Yeah, beautiful materials coming together and shapes and forms and
1: things. But when you enter, there's just something missing. I wonder what's coming up for you as I speak.
0: Share, write in a comment if you're watching this on YouTube, Um, send me uh, a message. I have a contact form on my website on the new earth pod new earth architect podcast site as well. You can contact me. I'm curious what you're feeling. Also, I want to say that I am, you know, I don't show a lot of examples of imagery of what could be possible
1: because I really want you all to, um, gather the forces
0: within you and exercise your muscle of intuition and visioning so that in what is possible in terms of form of a building or a garden or a community or a vision for the city that it gets birthed through you. I keep a lot of my imagery at the hand sketch form to keep the life and spirit.
1: Um, to speak through the the sketches. 3D imagery. That's also a, a topic,
0: right? Like the right now, oh my God, I was looking at there was a 3D, 3D imagery company um, who does 3D modeling. They reached out to me asking if, you know, you know, if they, if I required their services. And I took a look at their website the stuff they're doing now, it's like, Oh my God, it, it does look real, but it's, but when you tune into it with your heart, it's kind of creepy. I don't know. What do you think like 3d imagery, not against it. We need it. Um, they, it can, it can sell some really, you know, big projects and, it and, and really wow your clients. So absolutely use it. But where is is the spirit there? I always combine my 3D imagery with like I do some SketchUp, and then I'll add Photoshop collage and then like my hand sketch over it so that it it still has the touch of the human being. It's another thing I've noticed, too, with this 3D, that's a problem when I was teaching in uh, architecture uh, at the architecture faculty school in Izmir. Um, some years back, you can start you can start to notice that the computer is starting to design the projects for the, the students rather than the spirit moving through the hands of the of the students. We've got to be really careful there. I mean, lots of fun stuff can be done on 3D. But if you think about it, what happens to the body when you are doing all these this 3D imagery? you're in front of the computer and your body is still, you're not moving, right? You're not moving. a lot of the work that I do has a lot. I do a lot of movement to activate my creative forces, movement with my body, walking, walking out in nature. Right. And then it's like the image comes or the, the project idea comes, Whereas if you're waiting, (laughs) trying to put all these 3D pieces together, there's parametric design, there's all this. And I know there's a lot of benefits, but quite frankly, a lot of the projects that are generated out of these 3D
1: modeling uh, applications, they, they are devoid of spirit. They're devoid of spirit. A lot of them are devoid of spirit, and
0: you're looking at it. It's like, and it's that feeling of the empty
1: carcass for me. It's that feeling of the the empty, lifeless shell. So all this work that I've been doing, you know, it's like I've come to a deeper level of of awareness of its importance. Like
0: it's importance to the point where if we don't work in this way, women, we could eradicate the organic, natural living human being off of this planet. I'm talking as it's that dire. It's that you know and we could and we can eradicate gaia's life force off the planet now i don't i have complete and utter trust and a deep knowing that gaia knows what she's doing and that we are really supported huh. so i was just flipping the the cards and here she is gaia isis holy queen mother of us all I was just flipping the cards and she just came out right now. She has beautiful rainbow wings. There's the sun and you can see the breath of life. At least that's how I'm perceiving it. Emanating in like, you know, dancing in the
1: sky. And here's Gaia. She's Mary. Embodied manifestation of love. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She's wanting me to speak more about love too. That the spirit that I'm talking about is the love,
0: the love that we bring through our forms, through our form making, through our crafting of every single doorknob and window and wall and roof and water fountain and pathway in the garden. How can we bring this love? This care and attention to every aspect of design, from working with your team to working with your builders, with your consultants and engineers. And
1: how can you bring this love? And notice if it's missing in the projects that you see around you and notice,
0: notice buildings and uh, neighborhood homes and um, sidewalks of towns, just take a notice. It's a, it's a, it's a homework exercise for you all.
1: (laughs) Do you see the love? It doesn't have to be perfect. Do you see the love in buildings
0: and gardens around you? And how can you bring love and spirit and mother and the impulse of the creative life force that speaks through the belly of mother Gaia into your own home, into your own living space. Perhaps you have a dream of building your own sanctuary. A lot of the women that I mentor are um, wanting to, and are making plans and I'm supporting them in making plans to build their own sanctuary, the architects that I'm mentoring, because they want to build a showcase
1: of what's possible when you partner with the spirit of the land, when you partner with Gaia. Thank you, Isis. Beautiful Isis. So being aware of the potential for us to be and the land to be um, manipulated and um, manipulated into being dead matter. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. It was a pleasure talking to you all today
0: and I'm excited to witness all the creation that's going to, that will birth through you, that is birthing through you. This week is um, actually today's October 1st. Oh my goodness. Today's October 1st. Welcome to October 2022 for those who may be watching this uh, later, later in the future. If you are gifted in term, you know, if you know that you have intuitive gifts, if you know you have a capacity to sense energy, perhaps you're really sensitive. Um, I'm a very sensitive person. Although I've also been able to at this time, I was sensitive to the point where I was actually getting sick. That's what I want to make the distinction of. But now I'm not getting sick anymore because I'm finally doing what I'm meant to be doing. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm sensitive now in a way where I can, I am able to tune into the subtle realms and tune into um, energetics on the land that uh, help me to determine the sweet spots on people's properties that help me to determine ideally where indoor and outdoor spaces are located on the land um so that everything is functioning as a harmonious whole and i'm not overworking to do it i'm not overworking and i've developed a system also of that's that is very different from the consulting model which is based on the dollars per hours model so if you have any questions about my unique way of working send me a, uh, a personal message. It could, you could send me a comment through YouTube or send me uh, an email uh, message through the contact form of the website. You can also PM me via Instagram. If you're really hearing the call, that means oh, it's time to cross the threshold and, and take the leap. I know it can be scary. I know uh, if you, especially if you're in a, a job or at a firm, Um, But I tell you, if you take the leap, you are going to change your life completely. You will change your life completely. And um, it's worth it, women. We've got to do it. It's 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 your responsibility now. Guy is calling you. Guy is calling you. So excited. Let's do this, women. Use your power. Redirect your power into the vessel, the portal, the direction that your soul is meant to be walking and begin to walk the walk of spirit. Until next time, bye. Thank you for tuning into the New Earth Architect Dress. It's my intention to inspire more women architects and designers to come out of hiding and unleash their intuitive powers to lead a prospering design practice aligned with spirit and their divine calling while making a powerful impact on earth. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review on iTunes, and share this episode with women who you know are feeling the nudges to take the big leap and bridge spirit with design. You can find out more about me and the New Earth Architect Dress movement by visiting aisharosemelodyhassan.com. Until next time, gulé gulé